Welcome to CS Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 114 of CS Radio. I'm J. Michael DeAngelis. And I'm Amy Lynn Kirshner. Amy Lynn, things uh, continue to be happening uh, fast and furious, at least in career services, even though... uh, Certainly for me, the days seem to go very slowly, um, but uh, there are there are definitely all sorts of events and interviews and fairs and job offers happening for our students. It's so true. I was thinking that after the summer felt obviously very different, obviously being remote feels different. I still, I'm looking at my calendar. I have evening programs, panels, workshops, and things. So it's starting to feel a bit more like um, like a regular fall semester. It, I it really does. I just came out of a webinar that was um, for career services offices across the country. And I was really surprised that they kicked it off with a poll question about how people were dealing with reduced student engagement. And I said, what now? Uh, We are very fortunate here at Penn to have such an engaged student population and to have such a dedicated staff and enough resources to serve that population. Um, I was really surprised to hear a lot of our peers say that they've been really struggling to connect with students in this virtual environment. And I know just speaking for myself and I know hearing from you, but also just as the person that looks at our statistics the most, uh, our numbers are, are up in terms of number of appointments and number of unique engagements. So I was, I was a little bit surprised that, that that was not the case for, are all of our peers. I was going to say, you're also the person who checks our email regularly. So (laughs) yes. uh, And that inbox has been hopping. (laughs) I do. uh, Yes. uh, Faithful listener. If you uh, email career services at vpl.upen.edu, the anonymous voice behind that account is none other than me. Um, And I enjoy it. I was, I, I, when we first got that account, I was a little, uh, worried that we might get overwhelmed with emails, but I think people use it very wisely. Um, they use it when they can't figure out who to to direct their question to, or when we're closed. You know, so after sort of six p.m. Uh, overnight, when I wake up in the morning, the inbox is usually full, and I enjoy spending my mornings answering those emails from students and staff and employers. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed engaging with our community that way, even though no one knows it's me. <laughs> You're the man behind the curtain. <laughs> That's our little secret podcast audience. Exactly. It's a good, it's a good resource to know about. Certainly if you can't figure out who to contact. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of contacting people. Segway. <laughs> I mean, that was a little labored, I think, but we'll go with it. <laughs> One question I keep getting these days is, you know, we know we're supposed to network. I know I'm supposed to tap into pen connections, but how, how do I do that now that we're in a global pandemic? What has changed? What is different? Is it still okay to ask for help? 
Um, I want to say yes. Of course, that's going to be what career services recommends. But yes, the answer is yes, of course. So we found a really nice article, probably not surprisingly, for our frequent listeners from The Muse, and we will link to that. But um, they have some really great templates to consider, but some three general rules, three good rules for reaching out to people during the pandemic. Um, These apply usually, but I think that it's especially important to be considering them now. Um, So first thing, of course, is ask for something specific. Again, this is a good best practice in the best of times. If your message is too rambling or long or your objective isn't clear, um, it's harder for people to get back to you. There's just a bigger impediment to replying because they don't know what you want. So the Muse recommends um, being very specific, of course. So can you tell me more about working in this industry? Could you possibly introduce me to your coworker who I can see is doing this work that I'm interested in? Um, So not beating around the bush, making sure that um, you're clear on what you are hoping to get from the interaction. Um, The second thing, I think this is so important, and although this is not different, again, than regular times, it's much more critical right now. Be genuine and empathetic. Remember that everyone is dealing with something different right now. Um, You don't know what their circumstances is. Mm -hmm. Circumstances are, sorry. Um, You you may assume if, you know, you're reaching out to a consultant, yes, maybe they have more free time because they're not traveling, they're, you know, they don't have a commute. They're not in the middle of the country at random points throughout the week for their client. However, um, you don't know what their their other situations are. So I mentioned this to a current student recently, and the current student was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about that. In my world, my friends are moms, so they're talking about the fact that they're homeschooling their kids and they have all of these extra demands um, based on, you know, K through 12 education, which is not something that current students are necessarily thinking about, but they have many more demands on their time. They may be doing more elder care than they were in the past. So just being sure that um, you're empathetic about the situation that they're dealing with. So making sure that you're not super demanding, again, not that you would be in typical outreach, but just really being cognizant of the fact that everyone is going through something right now. And this directly ties into the third thing to keep in mind, which is be patient they may be slower to respond to you um, than they have been in the past. I definitely hear from students who ask about this. I reached out to this alum who was perfect. I was really hoping to hear back and I haven't heard back. Yeah. Um, it's fine to circle back. It's fine to check back in a few weeks later or a week later and just kind of reintroduce yourself and acknowledge that you're certain that the person is very busy, but you would really appreciate this being mindful not to sound impatient. Um, it's, definitely fine to check in again, but make sure you are gentle and polite. And I think above all, don't take it personally, especially if you're doing a lot of outreach and feeling like no one is getting back to you. Um, you can always come to talk to career services. We can help you maybe troubleshoot that message that you're sending. Yeah. There, it might be something even really minor that a tweak could get your your returns uh, improved. You know, I'll say this just made me think of this myself and hopefully will give me a little, uh, a little uh, kick that I, I need. Uh, uh, Milin knows I keep a very tidy inbox, which is pa- perhaps why I'm in charge of the career services email. Uh, uh, I, I I like to zero out that inbox. And the things that are currently sort of lingering in my inbox are networking emails. Um, 
counselors or um, other Penn staff who are um, reaching out to introduce me to another student um, on campus who is interested in either uh, writing or the performing arts, which is my area of expertise. Um, and I was doing a lot of those sort of networking um, conversations and calls over the summer. And now that the semester hit um, and it's, it's been busy, I've not had the time to answer those um, because I just, I needed to prioritize other things. Um, so I will get back to them now that it's fresh on my mind. But yeah, it, you just, um, you know, I'm not avoiding those students. They didn't say anything wrong. It's just that I haven't had the time. There are other things going on. I've got other, uh, I have a night job <laughs> that I'm doing. I'm splitting my time between do, two different houses at the moment. So, um, you know, you, you just, you don't ever know what's going on in somebody's life. And right. you just, you do have to just practice that patience. Yeah, exactly. I think that's such a good point. It's nice hearing your perspective on it because it's, you can assume the worst. Oh, I offended them. I must have said something wrong. But it could just be that they had the best intentions, but they wanted to send you a lengthy reply. That's often my, the pitfall yes. the trap that I fall into. I want to give a dedicated amount of time to this person and really answer their questions in more detail. Um, but I've been putting it off because I don't have the time. So allowing for that. I also had a student, I was connecting with a, a fairly recent alum the other day and they were doing a job search again. So we're going back into LinkedIn after not being there for a long time. And the student was embarrassed or this alum was embarrassed that they had a message in their LinkedIn inbox, a networking request um, from 2017 that they just hadn't seen because it was LinkedIn. So that's another reminder that you may try various channels. If you only have um, their LinkedIn, you might try going to QuakerNet or to my pen, which is replacing QuakerNet, uh, or even career shift to see if you can find an email address for the person because they may be super happy to reply, but just not keyed into those LinkedIn messages that they receive. Um, so that's yeah, I have said on the podcast before, <laughs> and I always say um, when I present on LinkedIn, which I just uh, just did again this past week, so it's fresh on my mind. Um, we here in Career Services, love LinkedIn as a networking tool, but we definitely recommend not messaging through it. Right. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Some of it is the limits that LinkedIn sometimes places on how many messages you can send or who you can send a message to. The fact that I, I myself rarely, rarely, rarely looked at my LinkedIn mail. Um, I'm just, I'm not sort of living in the LinkedIn space. Um, I have to say my LinkedIn mail is often basically spam. Yes, that's the thing. I'm in LinkedIn all the time and I tune out those messages because I'd say 85% of them are promoted, sponsored. It's just not material I'm, I care about. So I, I Exactly. Yeah. So using LinkedIn in conjunction with QuakerNet slash MyPen uh, to directly contact the person you're looking for is uh, something I always advocate with the caveat that you're also contacting their personal space and time. And so you have to be as generous with your time as they're going to be with theirs. Yeah. And I think with this to be discerning about it, like 
I would maybe, often in QuakerNet and certainly on Career Shift, you'll find an, a work email address instead of a personal email address. Yes. And I kind of like erring on that side. I can say, certainly I've been out for a few days, so my work email right now is a bit of a hot mess. I'm kind of working through it. Milan, but my, let's be honest. <laughs> I was at Inbox Zero, Michael, for two whole weeks. Oh. I know those days are past, but my Gmail, that is a black hole. <laughs> That is not the way to get in touch with me if you want to hear back from me. It's so much spam. Talk about not being able to control it. I keep unsubscribing to things. I swear unsubscribing just adds more spam. I don't understand it. I've considered declaring email bankruptcy on my one people <laughs> account or another. It's just a mess, but it's not because I wouldn't want to help someone. Um, I, I, this actually happened recently. A, a friend of a friend reached out and she just just as we recommend students do, she put that friend's name right in the subject line. You know, Jane Smith's contact. <laughs> Jane Smith recommended I read. Yes, yes. That definitely caught my eye. I didn't want Jane Smith to hear that I hadn't replied to their friend. Um, so that that's a good trick. I think the other thing to think about is like, who can you thank? This is obviously hmm. pretty not a novel idea. I know Adam Grant has spoken about it. Um, the, the, the ways that a thank you can go, but if you have someone in your professional network who has helped you before, and you can start with that, thank you in the past, you did this and it still has impacted my trajectory, how I think about this, how I think about that. Um, start with that. I think that can also, um, you know, bring you up in that person's inbox and their priority list potentially if you're if you're looking for that help, which of course many people are um, during these times. I would like to um, just touch on briefly the email templates that are referenced in this Muse article. Yeah, um, I think they're great. What can we talk about using templates in general? <laughs> It's a, it's a question that we get in the career services uh, mailbag quite a bit. Do you have a resume template? Do you have a cover letter template? Do you have a template, template, template? <laughs> and we do and we don't, right? Uh, we don't have a stock resume or cover letter template that I can just hand somebody and say, here, plug in your information. We have samples. We have sample resumes from across school years and industries. We have sample cover letters. And here as well, the Muse article offers what I would say really should be samples. Now, this is no knock on the Muse. I love the Muse. You have given us so much content to talk about over the past six seasons. But they clearly intend for you to just plug in sort of mad libs these <laughs> templates right i'm not a huge fan of that yes i agree i think that sometimes people have a lot of anxiety just looking at a blank email how sure. do i begin i think that these templates should be used in that way to get over that blank email aversion but I agree with you 100% that these should be a loose framework and that you should go in and highly customize them. Now, that's not to say that, so just kind of like a cover letter where you aren't necessarily customizing every single thing. The part about you can be pretty much copy and paste. 
ultimately in one of these emails, you're not going to say a whole lot about you. This isn't the equivalent of, you know, emailing a, a lab to say, I see that you may have a post, a position available. I'd like to post for it. Here's like a brief right. summary of my right. skills. This is mostly about them. So why are you contacting this individual for help? So then that does need to be pretty highly customized because that is not going to be transferable across the board. What is it about their experience? What do you have in common with them? How did you meet them in the past? Why should they remember you? Those are things that need to be prioritized in your introduction here. Um, I do think that these are good because they're encouraging the writer to be direct and specific. But yeah, I absolutely agree with you that this is kind of a recipe for disaster if you truly treat this as a Mad Lib situation and um, just plug and play for this. I think that it would be a big use of time, but that you wouldn't necessarily hear back from a lot of uh, alumni. Yes. And also, I mean, I think fondly back to our our first two seasons uh, when we did Halloween specials. Maybe Maybe we should think about that again for this year when we would do horror stories. And certainly a horror story we've heard many times in career services is that I was sending to multiple people and I was using the same template to send to all these people. And I put the wrong employer name. I addressed it to the wrong person because I was copying and pasting. And I said, dear Milan, I, I would love to know more about your career at Penn state. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time, Jane. Ah, no. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a minefield when you start doing that. Right. That's exactly. why there are, it's beneficial to really customize those messages, not just so that you can avoid making those mistakes, but you're going to end up having a better conversation. It's going to be more specific. I think our audience uh, knows, uh, if new audience members have just joined us, I'm a, a writer outside of career services, and you have to be specific. If I write very generalized dialogue, that's not going to be very interesting to the reader. But if I make it specific to the situation, then hopefully you're more engaged. The same is with an email. It's just like what we were saying with the LinkedIn stuff. I'm just ignoring the white noise of the, hey, check out my consulting firm or learn how to be a coder in five days. Yeah, just as we said, specificity is, is critical. There's also great guidelines on networking in our uh, Canvas courses that you can explore on our website. And one of the points that our very creative colleague made was you you really need to consider making the ask targeted enough that the person replying has a sense of what you're trying to get. If it's if it's focused in scope, it doesn't feel overwhelming, especially when people are so busy and everything is coming through this one channel at this point, uh, their computer screen or their their uh, phone screen. So yeah, you know, that's, that's something I, I wouldn't have thought of off the top of my head either, that we're so tied to our computers right now that um, everything sort of blends together. Work email, personal email, it's all just happening <laughs> um, simultaneously. And people need a break from that. So at the end of their workday, they might be stepping away from being plugged in entirely. Exactly, exactly. Despite, again, I think this is such a 
they may be really willing to help you, but it's just a matter of thinking about their busy times, um, reaching out in a concise, targeted way. Um, so again, I like these templates as a way to focus yourself, but truly use them loosely so that you can make sure that you're doing something within the message to stand out to the to your audience. Well, we'll be linking to this article in the show notes. I think it's worth a read. I think it's worth taking a look at those templates, but using them as examples and not Mad Libs. <laughs> and yes, definitely check out our networking course in Canvas. Uh, you can also find those videos on our YouTube channel, which is linked off the Career Services homepage, careerservices.upenn.edu. Uh, I have put all of the uh, instructional videos from the Canvas course into their own playlist on the YouTube channel. So uh, that's a great way if you're um, having trouble accessing Canvas. We've heard from some alums that um, they have to request special permission to get into the Canvas course. So if you're looking for something uh, very instant, you can find that on YouTube. Great call. Good plug for the new YouTube channel. I'm telling you folks, we're about 50 away from getting our channel uh, upgraded. So please like and subscribe. And the greatest thing about uh, hitting that mark is that we will be able to have a actual YouTube URL Ooh. instead of like a long string of numbers. So I would love to be YouTube slash Penn Career Services. So um, Tell your friends. the more folks that subscribe, um, the, the closer we will be to having a URL that you can remember. Um, but also there's all kinds of stuff. I said this last week, as we're having these virtual programs, we're trying to record as many as possible. I just put up a great, great um, alumni panel um, on sustainability. Milan, I know you were at that event. Exactly. That was great. It really was great. Um, so that entire thing, including the whole Q&A, is now up on our website uh, on the YouTube channel and sorry, on the YouTube channel and on our website um, in the sustainability, environmental and water community. Amazing. And Michael, you're saying you don't need a pen key for that YouTube channel, I assume? You do not. That is public and available wherever YouTube is available. <laughs> Amazing. Watch it uh, on your phone on your Nintendo Switch, <laughs> on your Apple Watch, <laughs> wherever you watch your YouTubes, you can watch uh, a 90-minute panel on careers and sustainability. And it really it really was a good one. It was excellent. It was excellent. Such great panelists, really such great questions from the audience. So um, keep, uh, you know, keep your eye out for um, programs that you can attend uh, live or find the recordings on YouTube after. Um, and keep an eye out for us next week. We'll be back again next Monday with uh, another topic. There's plenty of things to be talking about here in Career Services. So until then, I'm J. Michael DeAngelis. We'll see you next time. This podcast is by University of Pennsylvania Career Services, a division of the Vice Provost for University Life. It was created, produced, and hosted by J. Michael DeAngelis and Amy Lynn Kirshner.
It was mixed and edited by Kelsey Padilla. Our theme music is by Mila, used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Please join us again next time on CS Radio.